Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Guess what, Mango? What's that, Will? All right, so I'm sure you've heard this thing the El Paso Zoo is doing where you can actually pay to have a cockroach named for your ex, and then they take the cockroach and they feed it to a meerkat. Have you heard about this? (laughs) I have. I feel like it's all over the net this week, and it's not just them. I mean, I I read about these zoos that are taking a... Salmon, you can name the salmon after your ex, and then they feed it to bears. And some of that feels so much crueler. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just different. That's just not right. You know, the cockroach <laughs> thing is one thing. But anyway, the El Paso Zoo was the first one I read about. And apparently the response has been incredible. In fact, because the number of names the zoo has received far outnumbers the number of cockroaches that their meerkats can actually eat in a day, they've had to come up with these, you know, different solutions. So just to keep the pace. And to make sure that every roach gets sacrificed this week, the zoo has recruited these cotton top tamarins, some golden tamarins, and some white-headed marmosets just to join in all this Valentine's Day fun. So, you know, whether you're a jilted lover looking for ideas or happily coupled up and just looking for some entertaining facts on Valentine's Day, we've got you covered on nine things. So let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Mangesh Hot Ticketer. And sitting behind that soundproof glass in a room full of candles and just blasting Barry White on the speakers. Actually, I can hear it through what we say is the soundproof <laughs> glass, but it is so loud. Just kind of setting the mood for today's show, I guess. That's our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. Yeah, it, it actually reminds me of this back page we used to do in Mental Floss where we used to test slogans and phrases and we'd ask things like, why can't you compare apples and oranges or whatever and, and use signs to back it up? And we mm-hmm. tested that classic ad slogan, is Virginia really for lovers? I'm sure you remember this, but we looked yes. at flowers, scent per capita, the amount of Marvin Gaye on radio stations, <laughs> wine consumption, and all these other romantic indicators that we came up with. 
And we realized that actually Virginia isn't for lovers. It's 11th best for lovers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And if I, for sorry for all of our uh, Ohio listeners out there, I think they may have come in dead last and That's right. topping the list, which, which may have shown this might have been slightly flawed, was Alaska, I think, because of all the bed and breakfast and the wine consumption per capital, but it was a fun study to look at. But mm-hmm. anyway, speaking of love, what, what, what fact do you think you should start with for today's Valentine's Day special? So I, I kind of like your trend of starting with anti-Valentine's Day traditions, like <laughs> naming that uh, cockroach for your ex or whatever. Yeah. Well, actually, I also saw that this guy in Shanghai bought every other movie seat at a movie theater on Valentine's Day just so that couples would show up and not be able to sit together. <laughs> Which feels like a ridiculous prank and almost (laughs) like an evil genius thing to do. But, you know, in in that vein, I'm going to talk about vinegar valentines. So by the mid-1800s, Americans and the Brits had sort of fallen in love with this idea of sending valentines. And they often made them by hand with lace. And then printers got into the act and started mass-producing cards for the holidays. But if you weren't into the holiday or you wanted to show that special someone that you really don't care, you could send out a vinegar valentine. And sometimes you'd see these referred to as penny dreadfuls or or sometimes comic valentines. So what was inside a vinegar valentine? Basically, it was just like a card full of horrible, right? It would be (laughs) crass illustrations, these short, insulting poems. They're almost (laughs) like an early form of trolling because you'd send them anonymously. But here's what researcher Gabe pulled from 1875 for us. It has a picture of a young woman throwing a bucket of water in a man's face, and it reads... Quote, here's a pretty cool reception. At least you'll say there's no deception. It says as plain as it can say, old fellow, you'd best stop away. (laughs) What? (laughs) So these weird anti-Valentines, these cards were actually doubly insulting because not only did the person you were sending them to have to guess who hated you enough to send you one, but they also had to pay for the postage on delivery. (laughs) But the concept was such a hit that by the mid-19th century, Valentine's sales were actually equally split between the loving kind and the vinegar kind. And, and does the Smithsonian, like, have a bunch of these cards preserved? You know, I, I've actually had the same question. Like, I was wondering, where can I see this gallery of these? But, uh, you know, the cards were super popular, but for obvious reasons, people didn't keep them around. You know, you don't want your grandson, like, finding a card that says everyone thinks you're an ignorant lout or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, in a very different direction, we all know that candy sales spike on Valentine's Day. That's no surprise. But mm-hmm. the amount of money spent is pretty staggering. So Americans spend over $1.8 billion on Valentine's candy alone. What's also fun to look at is what candies vary, you know, from state to state. So I I just imagine, like, isn't it just the heart-shaped boxes that dominate? Like, you know, I I just imagine, like, that traditional chocolate is really what sells. Well, they're actually the second most sold candies, and this comes from a list that CandyStore.com puts together. But Conversation Hearts take the top spot in 23 states, and heart-shaped boxes do particularly well in New York. Texas, Ohio, and Alaska. So I know we said they were last in love, but they know how to find those heart-shaped boxes. (laughs) They actually top the list in, I think it's 14 states. But, you know, there are some other outliers. So 13 states either chose chocolate roses, chocolate shaped like hearts, so not not the boxes, but the actual chocolate itself, Mm -hmm. and, of course, M&Ms. And because I feel like we should mention Delaware for your sake, Delaware's top candy choice for Valentine's Day is Hershey Kisses. 
which I'd never heard before, but that sounds unpretentious and sweet, just like Delaware, so that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. They actually share that honor with Utah, South Dakota, and Arkansas. So uh, what about your home state? What about Alabama? Yeah, Alabama is also an outlier. So our number one Valentine's Day treat is candy necklaces, which (laughs) I don't know that I have ever purchased a candy necklace. I guess I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyway, where do you want to go next? Well, uh, how about the other big seller for the holiday, which is flowers and specifically roses? So like candy, there's a tremendous amount of money spent on roses. 250 million roses are grown specifically for Valentine's Day every single year. Wow. But if you've ever done any sort of like last minute shopping for the holidays, you'll notice the prices actually spike. And the thing we learned this week is that it isn't just traditional price gouging, but it's more complicated than that. So to meet that sort of demand, growers need about 50 to 70 days to get the roses ready. They also have to dispatch extra trucks, airplanes to ship all these roses in in time. Plus, it's a terrible time for weather. So you've got to account for like hailstorms and droughts, which also sort of play with the amount you have in terms of like the supply. Mm-hmm. All of that means we're getting more roses from Latin America or even Kenya to fix those weather concerns. Anyway, the trick to not getting price gouged, which I learned this week, is basically to plan ahead. Someone did a study of this, and because most online flower shops allow you to order roses 30 days in advance, if you order no later than January 15th, you'll actually get the best deal on them. Hmm. I'm guessing most people do not get their orders in by that. (laughs) All right, well, this may seem like a weird connection, but I want to share a fact that I think is interesting about Leap Day, which is obviously the one extra day every four years falls at the very end of February. But for years and years, Leap Day was long considered the one acceptable time when a woman could actually propose to a man instead of the other way around. Hmm. And according to Gabe, the tradition likely started in Ireland and England back in the, I think, the late 1700s. And so by the 19th century, as Valentine's Day cards became more popular, if a woman sent a valentine during a leap year, it was actually to be taken as an official marriage proposal. Oh, that's really interesting. And and I'm guessing you mean a traditional Valentine, not a vinegar one in that case. <laughs> <laughs> a vinegar one. Well, I mean, what's also interesting to me is how long this leap day tradition continued. So it actually went on until the 1970s. In fact, in February of 1976, the New York Times finally declared the tradition dead, or at least they declared it unnecessary. And so here's what they wrote. In these liberated times, every day is leap day. Mm, every day is leap day. Mm-hmm. I live by those words. <laughs> So, you know, on that similar note, one thing that's interesting to me is that Valentine's Day in Japan has kind of this quasi-feminist slant. And this goes back to 1957 when the Mary Chocolate Company introduced Valentine's Day to the country. But in kind of a translation gap, and and you know I love translation errors. Like I um, do know that. Uh, James Bond, that film Dr. No in Japan was actually called We Don't Need a Doctor There. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but... So this was another error, and it said the tradition called for women to send chocolate candies to men, and it just got reinforced, and it's actually had this interesting impact on the country. It's considered one of the only days that girls can openly express their feelings, and they're anthropologists who've actually studied this, but the rules around chocolate giving are actually pretty defined. If you want to give it to someone you feel romantic about, you give Hanmei Choco, which, because of the implications, is usually super high quality and often homemade. And then there's a Giri Choco, which has no romantic strings whatsoever. It's sort of cheap and store-bought. 
And this is what you give to your coworkers or close friends. It's also kind of this platonic chocolate. The name <laughs> is actually, uh, when you translate it to English, means obligation chocolate. <laughs> and then the last thing is my favorite. It's called Chogiri Choco. It's kind of the sad subset of Giri Choco. And it's basically ultra-obligation chocolate. So and what does that mean? It's given to men that aren't important to a woman, but she feels Ooh. really sorry for. So it's basically pity chocolate, and it's really sad. You know, from a distance, it's funny, but I'm sure as a sixth grader through college grad, I would have stuffed my face full of pity chocolates. So <laughs> I feel for these guys. <laughs> oh, man, that is pretty bad. Well, chocolate obviously plays a big role in Valentine's Day, but, you know, I was curious how it got so linked to the holiday. And apparently it really started with Cadbury, and I guess that shouldn't be a huge surprise to us. You know, so chocolate had been around in Europe in the 1500s and the 1600s and, and, and pretty popular. But in the mid-19th century, Richard Cadbury invented a way to extract pure cocoa butter from drinking chocolate, and, and this was done as a way to make it taste better. But the only problem was now he had all this pure cocoa butter and nothing to do with it. So his solution was to use butter and to make a brand new product. And these were these eating chocolates. And so he made this ornate box for them. And, you know, they did pretty well. But in 1861, he hit upon this idea of marketing his chocolates specifically for Valentine's Day. So this time he put them in heart-shaped boxes, had some cupids and rosebuds put on the cover. And Cadbury was also kind of a marketing genius because he figured out you could also advertise the worth of the box. So he took out these ads showing that they were a great way to, you know, to store love letters or things like that and locks of hair and other romantic mementos once the candy had been eaten. And, you know, while he might have missed an opportunity by not trying to patent those boxes, he did kick off this tradition that the world now indulges in. That's pretty amazing that he invented the heart-shaped box. That's mm -hmm. pretty stunning. So we've gone from ultra-pity chocolate to heart-shaped boxes, and, and I really like where this is going, but we've got two more facts to go. We need to take a quick break first. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. 
You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Part-Time Genius. We were talking about Valentine's Day. So, Will, I know you kicked off the show with an anti-Valentine's Day bent and uh, with the whole naming of your ex after a cockroach and then Mm -hmm. eating that cockroach to a meerkat. But how are you planning to close out this fact? Well, I was thinking about doing something grim, like talking about the Museum of Broken Relationships, which you can find in Croatia. You know, there are all these teddy bears and love letters from failed relationships, apparently. (laughs) And the funniest thing to me is this rabbit with a note on it that says, the bunny was supposed to travel the world, but never got further than Iran. (laughs) Oh, man, that is bleak. But you are not talking about that, it sounds like. So what are you going to talk about? All right, well, how about a fact on St. Valentine? So the historical St. Valentine is believed to have been sainted because he performed secret ceremonies to marry these Catholic couples. Now, this was in defiance of Roman law, so he became the patron saint of love and of couples. And so his role as the patron saint of beekeepers is probably unrelated to all this, but also a cool side fact. <laughs> I like that you kind of double majored in uh, sainthood here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really impressive. But, I mean, what's weird about this story is that historians really can't figure out who Valentine even was. So we were looking at Alice Obscura, like we always love to, such a great site, but here's how they explain it. Little is really known of the real man or men behind the myth. What is known, more or less, is that at least two men by the name of Valentine were known in Italy and died in the late 3rd century. And a third Valentine was located in North Africa around that same time. As a saint, the stories of the different men seem to have merged into one over time with most of the mythology about Valentine being a patron saint of lovers, only dating to the 14th century and the writings of Geoffrey Chaucer. So that's what they say. But what's particularly weird about this fact is that if you want to make a pilgrimage to visit St. Valentine's relics, it makes it a little harder because there were more than one. And so, you know, his supposed skull is on display at a basilica in Rome. One of his shoulder blades was found in a church basement in Prague, which is just so strange. (laughs) His entire body is said to be housed at churches in both Glasgow and Dublin. And perhaps strangest of all, some unspecified body parts are said to be kept inside a wax replica of the saint at a church in Missouri. So if you (laughs) truly want to pay homage, there's quite an itinerary in front of you. That is nuts, but I like it. Well, if you don't want to celebrate St. Valentine's Day, there are other options for you. And one of them is Ferris Wheel Day. So apparently February 14th is also George Washington Gale Ferris Jr.'s birthday. He is the dude who built the first Ferris wheel. But as we were looking this up, Gabe also pointed out that Austrians are particularly fond of Ferris wheels. And they don't even use the birthday as the reason for Ferris Wheel Day. Like some enthusiasts actually claim that the day was chosen not to mark the inventor's birthday, but because February 14th is one of the fairest weather days of the year there, which is Hmm. perfect for uh, Ferris wheel rides, I guess. But if amusement rides aren't your thing, you can also celebrate Congenital Heart Defect Awareness Day or (laughs) Bulgarian Wine Day, (laughs) aka the Day of the Vine Grower, which feels like a good reason to drink. And if you're really in the mood, you could celebrate all three at the same time. Uh, Those are some pretty great facts. You know, I was I was trying to think about who should win this one. And when I saw Tristan literally fall out of his chair earlier when you said that's nuts and I didn't get the pun, 
I, I think this one should probably go to him. But I also feel like we need to dedicate this show to our platonic Valentine, Gabe, who we could never do this show without. And of course, Tristan, who makes the show sound great and makes us sound somewhat coherent. And of course, to our fans who are so kind to send us notes and write up reviews for us. And, you know, we appreciate all of you. But from Mango, Gabe, Tristan and me, happy Valentine's Day. And thanks so much for listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.